your tongues or in your hands. Speak to us now, O God, through your word. We thank you, God, that you have kept us even to this point. And God, we bragged last week on what you've been doing for us. The devil has sneaked in an attack. But God, we thank you that we already got victory. I wish somebody would just go ahead and holler victory. Victory is mine. Oh God. Oh my God. If you're if you're listening to me and you can hear the sound of my voice, we just repeat out to me, Lord, I need a word. A word I can believe. A word I can receive. A word I can live. And a word I can give to somebody in need. In Jesus' name. Amen. Come on and give God praise. Amen. Come on and give him praise. Hallelujah. Certainly God has been good, hasn't he? I said God has been good, hasn't he? Yes. God has been good, hasn't he? Yes. He's been good. Real good. Real, real good. And, uh, I tell you, uh, even in the midst of a crisis situation, he's still good. Even in the midst of a pandemic, uh, uh, he's still good. Even in the midst of a problem, he's still good. You know, goodness is his nature. <laughs> that's who God is. You know, that's why they sang the song. God is good, what? All the time. And all the time, God is what? Good. Good is God's nature. Amen. Listen, if you have your Bible, your electronic device, let's turn it to 2 Corinthians chapter number 10. And listen, I'm not trying to be disrespectful. I tried to put this coat on to look a little proper, but I'm going to take it right off. Amen. Amen. Second Corinthians chapter 10. Second Corinthians chapter 10. Uh, beginning at verse uh, number 3. I might have to get me another version. I don't like the way that's reading. Hold on one second. Because I, I know the King James Version. I like the way it reads. Amen. It reads better. <laughs> it's both of them still the word of the Lord. Don't get me wrong. I just want this version. Amen. I just want this other version. Amen. 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 It says, uh, verse number three says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. And then verse number four says, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Listen, my focal verse today is going to be verse 4 that says, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds. Amen. Amen. Back 
in February of this year, a 25-year-old black male by the name of Ahmad Aubrey was jogging through Satilla Shores, a neighborhood in Glen County, Georgia. Per Travis and Greg McMichael, the Caucasian father and son duo, they claimed that Ahmad looked like a person that was responsible for thefts in a predominantly white Satilla Shores subdivision in Glen County. And they decided to carry out what is called a citizen's arrest. Joined by a third accomplice by the name of Roddy, Roddy Bryan, Roddy is his nickname, by the way, uh, that, that Roddy Bryan actually hit Ahmad with his truck before Ahmad was wrangled into combat with Travis McMichael, where Ahmad only had his hands to fight with. All right. And uh, the accused, they had shotguns and trucks used as weapons. Ahmad, he tried to fight his way out with nothing but his hands. Lord have mercy. God, I felt that. I felt that. But Ahmad was fatally shot three times. And the truth is, he never really stood a chance uh, because he had no weapon. But yet, the color of his skin and the hatred and racial statements made by the McMichaels just goes to show you can be unarmed. And still a threat. All right, and for a few fleeting moments, that's just what I want to talk about today. I want to talk from the thought unarmed, but still a threat. All right, Somebody ought to holler, I'm unarmed, but I'm sure enough a threat. Lord, have mercy. Believe it or not, the Bible says in the book of Psalms that we're fearfully and wonderfully made. In fact, we are the only ones of God's creation, not the birds of the air, the fish of the sea, or mammals in the land. We are the only ones that's crowned with the glory of God. All right. And the truth of the matter is, as Pastor Kelly Simmons used to say and still says even uh, at times in this time, he said, ain't nobody mad but the devil. Lord have mercy. I talk like this because the Bible backs it up in Isaiah chapter number 14 where it talks about Lucifer, the one who was in the presence of God. The one when he moved, music would come out of it. Uh, the one who allowed the dark and evil spirit of wickedness from Satan to enter in and cause him to rise up against God Almighty. Yeah, yeah. And then he started to brag, talk about, I will this and I will that. You know, like he was something. And he forgot who created him. Because he wanted to be like God. In fact, he wanted to be God. Amen. Uh, uh, but how many of y'all know that God ain't going to share his glory with no dog on God? Let me say again, God ain't going to share his glory with nobody. I don't care how much you can preach, Derek, God 
glory with you. I don't care how much you can say, Gary Gamble, God ain't gonna share his glory with you. I don't care how much you can pimple the ivory, God ain't gonna share his. I don't care how many Peter McConnell and pop pop collars you do. God ain't gonna share his glory with nobody. In fact, the songwriter said it like this. Uh, he said, uh, 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 to God be the glory. God ain't gonna share his glory with nobody. And therefore, Lucifer, he fell like lightning from heaven. In fact, he took a third of the angels with him because he had coerced them to go against God. And they were kicked out of heaven, and the lake of fire is definitely gonna be their eternal home. So it is that anybody who proclaims and professes, praises and celebrates, anybody who walks in the purpose of the Lord, they find themselves as a threat to the kingdom of darkness, the devil and his demons. All right, all right. Especially when you know that you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, you're a threat. When you know that greater is he yeah. that is yeah. in you than he that yeah. is in the world, yeah. you are great. Uh -huh. When you know that you are more than a conqueror uh -huh. in Christ Jesus, you are a threat. Come on. Come on. When you know that you know uh, that you are chosen generation, a royal priesthood, yeah. a holy nation, yeah. a peculiar people, yeah. when you know that you know that you know when you know who you are and when you know whose you are. I'm telling you, you don't even have to be walking around with an AK-47. You don't have to have a 38. You ain't got to have brass knuckles on. You ain't got to have no back in your hand. But I'm telling you the truth of the matter is you are unarmed and still a doggone threat. Tell somebody I'm a threat. Listen, no wonder you have so much hell going on. I know they don't like to talk about that in the church, but a whole lot of folks catch hell if they catch it because they're really a threat, a threat to the devil's kingdom. Honey, you think you think they just don't like you? No, it's the devil that don't like you because you belong to the Lord Jesus Christ. And check and check this out: if he can't get you, he'll try to get somebody or something close to you. Because you are showing up friend. In the text, Paul, the ones, the one whose name, his name used to be Saul. Uh, this is the same Paul. He had a Damascus Road experience, and the Lord changed his name. Listen, honey, uh, some of us, uh, that's what's wrong with some of us in the world. Uh, uh, that's doing all this wicked stuff. We need a Damascus Road experience so we can be changed. This is the same Paul that wrote a great bit of the New Testament. Uh, in fact, he penned the inspired word of the God of the Lord God uh, by, by inspiration of the Holy Spirit. He penned in four, Philippians four and nineteen. He said, "My God." <laughs> Listen, not your God. I don't know who your God is, but my God. I shall supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. 
He says, forget those things that are behind me and press toward the mark of the prize of the high calling in God. I wish somebody would holler, forget about it and press on, honey. Forget about it and press on. See, you, you still living in yesterday, but yesterday is gone. I heard Michael Jackson say, listen, it's time to press on. God have mercy. It's the same Paul that in chapter 4 of Philippians, he wrote, uh, think on these things, things that are lovely. Things that are just, things that are pure, things that are right, things that are, listen honey, if your thinking is stinking, you know what you got to do is just change the channel in your mind and start thinking right. See, when you think right, you'll live right, you'll do right, you'll be right. Lord, help us, I hear the song, I just want to be right. Listen, you're going to be right when you think right. Come on, This is the same Paul that even penned in 1 Thessalonians chapter number 5 Amen. to give thanks in everything. Lord have mercy. And that excited me when I read that passage again the other day. It said give thanks in everything. And I'm of the mindset that the reason he said give thanks in everything not for everything but in everything. Lord have mercy. Listen, this ain't even on my sheet, but I hear I hear David say, Yeah, though I walk through the valley. Honey, when you go in the valley, if you're a child of God, you ought to know you're just going through the valley. And your pain to come out, your exodus is on the dog over. I wish somebody would holler, I'm coming out. Paul wrote to give thanks in everything. And uh I just believe uh, that when you know that you know that you know that God is going to see you through and that God is going to bring you out, you can go ahead and give God on credit just like the Hebrew boys did. You can give God praise even in the midst of the fire. You know, some folks, they get in the fire and they do more complaining than they do praising. But when you know that God is on your side, you can go in the fire and still be giving God praise and folks will be looking at you sideways. How can you give God at a, give praise to God at a time like this? Because I have seen God work before. And if he did it before, he can do it again. The same God right now, the same God back there. I know God don't break
to change where you're going to hang out. You don't even change colleges that you go to. Trying to fit in and you still ain't fit in. Paul, Paul, he, uh, he starts off the chapter defending himself because the Corinthians had begun to say that Paul, when he's in person, he basically acts like a little wimp. But when he writes a letter, he goes off. They say, they say, Paul, uh, you know when you when you with us, Paul, we can't even, you know, you, you my grandmother used to say it's like a rat pissing on cotton. We can't even hear from you. But when you when you get when you get when you get in your little closet place and write a little letter, you act like you're all this and all that. Want to go off. They were basically calling Paul a coward. And the truth is, there's many folk like that even today in and outside the body of Christ. They're cowards. Because they'll say one thing, they won't say nothing while they're with you. But then they'll get with a group of folk that want to play Big Willie. In person, they won't say much. But they'll get on Facebook and act like they got all this fire. But ain't no need of stunting on Facebook. Now, you know that's what the young people call it stunting. Ain't no, you ain't no need of stunting on Facebook, baby, if you can't say it to a person's face. My daddy used to tell us if you can't say it twice, you don't need to say it at all. All right, man. Come on. Be mad enough to take it if you can say it. All right, man. Paul, uh, on the other hand, uh, he was way less of a coward than they knew. Because this is the same Paul that didn't care about persecuting Christians. Uh, this Paul, he was so bad that he tried to box with God. <laughs> but the Bible says your arms are too short to box with the Lord. Right. Don't you know it's a losing battle anytime you yeah. try to fight with yeah. God? Yeah. You ain't going to win, honey, so you might as well go ahead and give in. Because you ain't going to win, you might as well just go ahead and give in. Yeah. Let me say it one more time. You ain't going to win, so you might as well go ahead and give in to what the Lord wants. Paul lets us know in this chapter that there's a spiritual war going on. He says, don't get it twisted. Even though we're walking in the flesh, we don't war after the flesh. Come on. It's not a fight for the flesh. But it's a fight in the spirit realm. And he goes on record to say, when you show up to the fight, uh, it may look like you're unarmed. But yet, uh, you're still a threat. Uh, because uh, the devil knows the anointing, the aroma of the anointing. Let me say it one more time. I said the devil knows the aroma of the anointing. When you walk in the room, honey, he knows you got an anointing on you. And automatically he goes on prayer alert. Y'all don't want to talk. Y'all don't want to talk. And I know I ain't the only one who done showed up in some places. And just because you showed up, you didn't have no AK-47. You didn't have no pistol or no brass knuckles. But just because you showed up, you were a threat when you walked in the place. They started looking at you and, and smirking and turning sideways because the devil knows when the aroma of the anointing shows up. You can't help but to threaten his doggone kingdom. Uh, tell somebody, I'm not on, but I'm still a threat. Uh, 
without the weapons uh, that you use uh, makes you a threat. Uh, many of you have showed up on your job and when you walk in, you're a threat. Uh, many of you have showed up uh, in your neighborhood and when you walk out, walk up and down the street and look at your crazy because you're a threat. Many of you have showed up even in the downtown church house and because folks are religious and don't really know the law, you're a threat too. Church, it ain't a friendly secret church, but they don't mind mentioning. 
the rest of the, the verse says, and a call according to his purpose. Can I tell you, it ain't about your purpose, but it is about his purpose. You are threat when you are on purpose. Uh, and the reason I know you're a threat when you're on purpose is because Matthew, listen, some of y'all might not even know your purpose. But can I tell you, your greatest purpose is found in Matthew 28 when it says, Go ye therefore and make disciples, teaching them in the name of baptizing them in the I wish somebody would say, I'm on purpose. Lord, have mercy. Uh, uh, when you start to walk in your God given purpose, honey, if you can sing, you ought to sing the hell out the devil. If you can preach, you ought to preach the hell out 